Welcome to the Toxic Google Podcast, where great minds meet. I'm Miss Strahl, bringing you this week's episode. Toxic Google brings the world's most influential thinkers, creators, makers, and doers all to one place. Every episode of this podcast is taken from a video that can be seen at youtube.com slash talks at Google. In August 2018, Toxic Google and the Asian Google Network welcomed star Henry Golding and director John M. Chu to discuss their film Crazy Rich Asians, a romantic comedy drama and also the first film by a major Hollywood studio to feature a majority Asian American cast in a modern setting since the Joy Luck Club in 1993. Based on the acclaimed worldwide bestseller by Kevin Kwan, Crazy Rich Asians follows native New Yorker Rachel Chu, played by Constance Wu, as she accompanies her longtime boyfriend Nick Young, played by Henry Golding, to his best friend's wedding in Singapore. Moderated by Tiffany Su, here's Henry Golding and John M. Chu, Crazy Rich Asians. I don't know which route it's like. <laughs> Hey guys, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah. How is everybody? I'm assuming all the giddiness is for me, right? Because that's so <laughs> very, very excited to have you two here. So um, many of us um, have either read the book or saw the film. We had um, a screening last night, but for those of us in the audience, or maybe who will be watching the recording later, um, who haven't seen the film or the book, do you guys want to give us a brief synopsis of the film? Sure, why not? Uh, it's um, uh, it's about a um, Asian American professor uh, played by Constance Wu, uh, and uh, she's teaching at NYU, and she is dating this guy uh, Nick Young, uh, who and who gets invited to uh, uh, his best friend's wedding in Singapore, and he invites her along. What she doesn't know is that he's the richest from the richest family in Singapore. So all his exes, socialites, family members are out to destroy this. American girl, so uh, it's it's a fun fun romp, but has some uh, I think some uh, deeper cultural messages within it all. Yeah, um, so let's dig into that a little bit. Um, so this film is an all Asian cast, mm -hmm. and um, you know here at Google we we've talked about it. It's, this is the first um, Hollywood film with an all Asian cast in 25 years. The last one being the Joy Luck Club in 1993. Mm -hmm. So w um, what are your thoughts about the significance of this film coming out? You know, in 2018. I think it's beyond the right time. It's it's too late, if anything. Um, John's been a bastion for for Asians all around the world, and I think now is 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 the correct time for this. And um, you know, when we were creating and, and, and sort of putting together the film, uh, he literally scoured the earth for the correct actors for each role. And those actors were, were Asians from America, from the UK, from Australia, uh, from Malaysia and Singapore. Um, and to hear the stories of how important this project was to them really resonated throughout the entire cast and crew. We knew there was something special about this, but we, uh, we didn't feel too much pressure because we were such, so in the moment that we were, it was, it was such a joyous kind of experience being the show of, or being the star of our own show. Um, previous to this, a lot of the roles in Hollywood were sidelined as, as little extra characters, no one with a, with a particular voice. Um, but this time, everybody had their moment to shine and, and damn did they deliver. Yeah. Uh, we've got a fantastic cast, 
comedians who just crack Aquafina is hilarious. Ken Jeong, <laughs> Jimmy O Yang, Ronnie Chang, Nico Santos. Um, so it was, you know, it was it was something very special for us. Yeah, and um, so recently an article came out in the Hollywood Reporter, um, and um, I think. Um, John, you, you were in the in the article, but there it seems like in back in 2016 there was a big decision to be made. Um, you guys had competing offers. You had an offer from Warner Brothers, the studio, mm -hmm. and then you also had an offer from Netflix, um, which would had would have given you guys a big payday. Can you walk us through why you decided to go with Warner Brothers and what was the significance of putting this film on the big screen? Yeah, well, when we started when I started uh, the movie um, only a few years ago, it was. Um, you know, we didn't know if it would ever get set up at a big studio. It had not been done for so long. Um, there wasn't some gigantic star that could like push it through. Um, and uh, and so we developed it on our own. I brought in Adele Lim, who's a, a Malaysian American writer uh, uh, who I'd worked with on a, on a pilot. We got into a sh into shape that I thought was a really great shape. And um, then we went out to the studios. And what we found was, of course. Netflix, uh, they have a lot of money and know how to uh, throw their weight around. And, uh, and I love Netflix. There's nothing wrong with uh, that. Um, I just felt like, um, and Kevin and I, and our producers, credit to them, deferred to Kevin and I to make that decision. We had 15 minutes to make this decision. Uh, Warner Brothers was going to pull the offer in 15 minutes. So uh, they didn't even make, they said, we we're going to give you, I know those bastards. Um, <laughs> Uh, they said they were going to make the offer, and then we had 15 minutes to decide. Uh, so uh, we had like 21 like different lawyers, agents, everyone there, uh, and our and our and our uh, producers deferred to Kevin and I. And Kevin and I had talked kind of the night before and had like a heart to heart about like why are we doing this? What what brought us together? And what we realized, and we knew it might come down to money. We didn't come. We didn't know it was going to come down to that big of a gap of money. Uh, so it was a little harder. I kept thinking my backyard could use a redo. I could use that new thing. Uh, I'm still thinking about it right now. Um, um, but but it came down to you know what? It's important for Hollywood studios to put a movie like this on the big screen because it sends a message. It sends a message across the world. It's still cinema. It's still cinema. And it says when you put a piece in a museum, it anoints it as special. It anoints it as something worth your time and energy. You have to leave your house, pay, go fight with parking, pay for the ticket, pay for your food, jump into a dark room, turn off the lights, and say, "Tell me a great story." And I think that energy um, is, is saying you're, we're worth your time. Um, and I think subliminally that means so much and it trickles to all media at that point. And we knew we were in a position, we didn't need the money. I'd done enough films, he had done enough, everyone had done enough stuff here. No one was desperate. And so if anyone was doing, we could, we actually thought maybe we donate a percentage of the Netflix money to great causes for Asian Americans. And then it was like, no, it's all trying to trickle down to this moment right here. So uh, yeah, I had sweat things that I never knew I could sweat. <laughs> but it actually really helped us. And ultimately, like when you double down, triple down on something like that, it makes everybody more invested. And now it was on us to pressure Warner Brothers to uh, publicize it the right way, to market it the right way, and credit to Warner Brothers, they have come through in, in spades. And I think the important thing is, you know, not just telling the story of a um, of the Asian American story as well, but, you know, growing up in the U.S., there were, you know, not that many films portraying Asians, even on television, you know, Constance mm -hmm. is in Fresh Off the Boat, which is, um, you know, a sitcom with 
featuring a full Asian cast. Mm -hmm. And so, um, John, you had a, a great quote in that article, and um, I just want to share with the group. Um, you, you said you wanted to do um, a film in a way we haven't ever seen Asians before, contemporary, stylish, at the top of art and fashion, emotional, funny, sarcastic, unapologetic, confident. Why do you think there aren't more films portraying Asians like that today? I honestly don't know. This is the world we live in. These are the people I know. These are the people I've interacted with, both here in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Taiwan. So uh, I guess I didn't even realize myself that people didn't see this because I already had seen all of it. So uh, I think it was when I was showing people my pitch and showing my friends, they're like, whoa, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know this music existed. I didn't know they could, be, could dress so cool. And I'm like, who are you talking about? They. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I think it was more of like, it was so obvious. And I think we all, a lot of us know this world. And then, and then also, but through, the, through talking to Henry and meeting all these other agents from all around the world, which I did not know. I didn't even know Ronnie Cheng, who's on The Daily Show, lived in Australia. Was, was Australia. I just saw him as the guy on The Daily Show. Um, Learning about their experiences was a huge learning experience for me and opened my brain a lot. I didn't know a lot about mm -hmm. Singapore either before jumping into the movie. So, um, yeah, I think it was just a, a matter of sharing what we already know. And hopefully that cracks the door because I'm sure there are other things that I don't know, that we don't know, but ha people have great stories and history that just mm -hmm. haven't been shown mm -hmm. in the light. Um, so, Henry, um, there's been some controversy around the casting of your role. And um, it's led to a dialogue of what it means to be Asian enough to be cast in this film. Mm -hmm. um, he said in an interview with InStyle, there should be a conversation about it. And um, I think we should be educating people. What sort, um, what sort of education do we need to do about this topic? Yeah, you know, we, we talked so distinctly about black culture, Asian culture, Latino culture, but there's nothing that is being discussed about mixed race people and how they can own their um, their ethnicity uh, and so we, we, we sort of fall in this limbo where when we try to speak up they're like no 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 you're not Asian enough or you're not white enough I was never white enough for the UK I was never Asian enough for uh, Singapore and Malaysia uh, but I sure as hell wasn't gonna let that put me down and, and not have the ability to own and be proud of my heritage um, so I did that very young um, and so I've been fighting it my entire life. So when that, when that came up, it wasn't a surprise. It was, it was just a, another thing. But at this point, we have the platform to be able to discuss these issues. Um, you know, talking about Asian rights, it's, it's, it's rights in general. It's about being um, Portuguese mixed with Malaysian. Like in Malaysia and Singapore, there's so much mixed heritage from the Portuguese to the Spanish to the Dutch. Um, all integrating into culture. So why can't we be proud of that? Why can't we own that as a badge of pride? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, um, I knew through and through that I was the right person for the job. Uh, there was no question in doubt that I was more Asian than, than I can possibly describe. Um, and, and, and John, <laughs> John, John, um, John saw that and, and I was the, the right fit for the character. They had extensive searches for every single person. That's why the casting was so good. They wanted to find those voices that could bring these characters to life. And I think people get confused. I think they think the movie takes place in China or something. Because Singapore it has like so many different ethnicities all mixed together. Um, and the character, Nick, had to have been educated in the UK. So like when you're 
looking for a very specific role. And I was very sure of Rachel. I wanted her to be Chinese American because in that, in the movie, she, uh, in the script, she talks specifically about Chinese culture and specifically about what she wants to be. So that was a very thing. But for Nick, it was like, especially talking to Kevin and his real history, he was, this is all sort of based around his life. Um, when you find someone uh, like like Henry Golding, it's that perfectly, and, and we searched all around the world, and of course, he ended up being in the exact place that the book told us he would be. He was living in Singapore. <laughs> he could have saved a lot of money. Uh, so anyway, yeah, when, you, when someone's perfect for the role, I think when you watch the movie, all that bullshit argument goes out the window, yeah. so. And originally, Henry, you were um, host on BBC, sure. and um, you, you weren't, Acting, so did no. it take some convincing for you to like audition for this role? It took, it took a lot of convincing. Um, I'd been a, a presenter uh, for travel shows and, and news channels for a good eight, seven, eight years. Um, so I was kind of stuck in that mindset of, of being stamped and, and, and kind of put into this category of this is your lane, that sticks with it because you're not going to be great at anything else. That's some of our problems is that we limit ourselves. Um, and the, the auditions came around, uh, there was a huge sort of noise in Singapore and Malaysia, so much excitement for this movie that, that John was attached to it. Warner Brothers had bought these rights, they had such faith in, the, uh, faith in this book. Um, and a couple of, couple of emails came through, I was like, oh, do you want to audition for this role? And I was like, I'm not an actor. I'm not, I'm not right for this. There's somebody out there who deserves this, who's worked hard, um, who's going to represent the, uh, this community or represent um, actors in general for this really pivotal role. Um, and it wasn't until uh, a mutual friend, uh, Steve Jang, in, here in San Francisco, uh, put us together. Um, he was our mutual friend on Facebook. I was cyberstalking him. <laughs> yeah. John went through my Instagram. He went pretty deep. Um, <laughs> slid into my DMs pretty much. <laughs> Trying not to like anything too fast so that he couldn't see that how deep I was. Now we're married, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're not. <laughs> um, but uh, but he, he got in touch and, and we had this amazing hour-long conversation. He was in LA, I was in Singapore, and we spoke about what it meant to, to have grown up in, in, in our different sort of Asian environments. Him in, in, in Los Altos, here in... Uh, Los Angeles, in uh, San Francisco, <laughs> and myself in Malaysia and the East Coast, and um, he 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 was like, I've got two questions, you know, can can you act and will you read for me? And at this point, I was like, there's there's everything is pointing towards this moment, and it's it's ridiculous if I do not just switch that that mindset and 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 throw myself into this. It's it's crazy if I don't. Um, and then we went on to the audition process, and, and now my life has completely done a 180, and I think it's going to be doing some somersaults very soon. Very cool. And what I love about Henry, too, is um, my, my big brother, I'm the youngest of five, so my big brother, he's like 6'2", good-looking, athletic, all the opposite of me. And uh, <laughs> so we, I showed him the movie, and when Henry comes out, um, in his white suit at Tyrosel Park, and it's like this beautiful shot of through the bushes, and he's coming out. My brother starts crying, which I've never seen him cry. He's not that type. He's like, you have no idea. All the years I've, I've felt so um, so different than anyone else, and not seen as 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 this symbol. And so Henry represents this to so many 
uh, at least for Asian men I know, um, and myself included, to see someone that is uh, an aspiration, um, an inspiration, and, and everything in between, a total gentleman, of someone from like another era, a movie star from another era. And you could be in any ethnicity, it doesn't matter. Like Henry is, has, has this star quality that makes you uh, want to be a better man, and I think that that's... <laughs> Will you marry me, is what I'm saying. No. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the film, Piglin has a wonderful line, like, damn, Rachel, is like the Asian bachelor, and is a, a fan of the bachelors. Piglin had yeah. many amazing lines. Yeah. She yeah. had the best lines, and a lot that didn't make the cut. <laughs> You're too dirty, for sure. <laughs> So um, with the cast, it's, it's pretty national, international. You have English, American, Malaysian. Um, so Henry, you're both Malaysian and English. Um, what was the experience like working, um, working in Great Britain, different or similar to like Asian Americans in Hollywood or Malaysians in Asia? Yeah, you know, in, um, in the UK, when you're labeled as Asian, you're South Asian. Um, nothing wrong with that. It's just that that is, for some crazy reason, that's... Uh, it's you're you're either of uh, Pakistani or Indian descent, um, and that's Asian in the UK. So I was always sort of Chinese or, or, or something weird like that. Um, but they, but over in America, when you're Asian, you're 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 of East Asian um, descent. And so for myself, it was it's really interesting to to have had the group of such international sort of people who, like I said, were, were swapping these stories of how they struggled um, in their different areas, in comedy, in, in, in sort of the acting, in the arts. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, for instance, had a completely different story to tell. She grew up in Malaysia, fellow Malaysian, but she was in the Hong Kong industry for the longest time. And there's no lack of uh, representation there because it is, a Chinese market, and it's the Chinese demographic. So uh, John always brings up, like when, when they were first talking, she was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know, this cinema's great for us. Like, but that's because it's, it's so different. But on, on, a, on, in, on sort of Western um, media, uh, representation's a big problem. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, was sort of an exchange of, of learning for us. Um, so I think we all grew such a broader perspective and I think that's something that the film really promotes is the fact that you can be of any Asian descent, any, any different ethnicity to, to the one that you've been adopted in, 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 this, in a particular country, um, be able to be proud of it, be able to speak your thoughts, be able to um, make your own mind up of, of who you want to be, where you want to go. Um, and so hopefully this, this just triggers more conversation. Uh, it triggers more avenue for expression. So I don't know if everyone in the audience um, knows, but John's father um, is the famous Chef Chu, and his restaurant is a landmark in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Who goes to Chef Chu here in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. yeah the fans here. Um, so question is, what were your parents like? Were they very traditional? Did they expect you to take over the family business? Mm -hmm. What did they think when you, you know, went to USC to study film? Um, they're both traditional and very not traditional. I mean, they, we were in a Chinese restaurant. They came to the States um, not knowing a word of English and, and started this business. And 50 years later, it's still there. Uh, and they always, they actually never let us work in the restaurant, though. They always said, 
do everything we couldn't do. So they put us, I took drums, saxophone, violin, piano, guitar. Uh, I was in like tap dance classes. We took etiquette classes. My mom really thought we were gonna be like the Kennedys. So she dressed us, <laughs> she dressed us the same. We took ballroom dance classes. We went to shows in the city every weekend, whether it was opera season, ballet season, uh, or musical season. Uh, so we had a very different uh, upbringing in that way. But my, my father was very uh, traditionally Chinese too. Uh, didn't want us to drink soda at dim sum tables and things like that. Um, so I had these two different things. My mom was like, go pursue your passions. Just be happy. Um, and my dad and my mom also at the same time would be like, but family first and sacrifice yourself for, for family. <laughs> So I'm like, what the hell? I don't know what to do. I'm so stuck. And that's, that's actually a big theme in this movie of an Asian American going to Asia for the first time and going through this cultural identity. I remember being uh, scared going to school that people, that I would smell like Chinese food or that my food that my parents packed me, the dumplings that they packed me would like smell up uh, the room. Um, and one day on Chinese New Year, my parents came and did a presentation for our like second grade class. And they brought the lion dancers and they brought uh, red envelopes for all the kids and chocolate gold covered chocolate. And um, I became like the most popular kid in school. <laughs> and it was the first time I was like, oh, I'm proud to be this. And then we went to the restaurant every time after like sports games or whatever, everyone wanted the food. It was, it was through, to their hearts through the food really. And so, um, uh, to do a movie about it, which I also never did a movie about my own culture. Identity. I was always, you know, you don't want, if you're the only Asian in the room, you don't want to just do the Asian thing because I feel like everyone then marks you as that. And it's a silly thing, but, but it's a reality that you feel. Um, and at a certain point, I think online, when everyone was reacting to the whitewashed out movement, all that stuff, it made me realize that, oh no, I earned this spot. I don't have to apologize for my spot. I can explore these things as an artist, as a filmmaker, the way every other artist gets to do that. Um, and, uh, and, and look, people are showing up for it. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a very empowering feeling when you see the result. And this was not guaranteed to have people come out to see the support on the other end. So it means a lot. Um, so we have one more Oh, and question. we had our press tour at the restaurant yesterday. Oh. So it comes full circle. <laughs> it's, it, it was amazing because uh, his dad went out to the car and brought, <laughs> brought out family photos from oh. the car they had packed. They took them all off the wall, put them in the trunk so they could show the reporters. They took my awards. They put them on the tables of the restaurant. These were awards when he was like seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, so this cute. is 100% so true. Cute. So we organize a Google um, family dinner at the restaurant. Is your you dad going to pull out your awards again? Guaranteed. All right. I have told them not to for many times, and they don't care. All right. We might have to organize that later. Um, so we're going to do one more question here, and then we're going to open it up to the audience. So if you guys have any questions, please line up at the mic. So um, similar um, question for you, Henry. Um, kind of about your your upbringing, your career, and how your family considered it, because you kind of had a shift in career. I, I, I think you're, I read on you're a trained hairdresser. Yeah, I was a, I was a hairstylist for a long time. Yeah, and then you became a presenter on BBC, and now you're an actor. So how how did your family, you know, think about this transition in careers? You know, they're, they're, they've always been very open. Um, and if you consider sort of back in their day, mixed race couples weren't, overly accepted. Um, so for them, they've always had a very open mind about most things. Um, so for, for what they taught us, it was, it was mainly, you know, be good to, to others, um, try to sort of 
promote kind of uh, well-being in, in, in terms of, of helping others and um, don't do any, anything stupid and, and, and be safe. Those were the rules. So when I, when I told them one day, oh, I want us to be a chef, they're like, okay, great, do the chef thing. I did the chef thing for about a week, gave up. <laughs> um, and then I became a hairdresser and they're like, amazing, like, go do that, follow your passion. Um, and so I was a hairstylist for, for four or five years as soon as I finished school. Is it true um, that all the old ladies would want to make appointments with you? So you could they, like, yeah. they did. I, I had to do so many, so many perms and little <laughs> Were like bleeding, um, so but then but then I, I I was like I'm I'm gonna be I'm leaving the UK I'm gonna move back to Malaysia and Singapore I wanna I wanna find myself there and, and I wanna get into this amazing industry um, and and they were like absolutely just 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 be good good be good to people and um, and just stay safe and, and that was that was them sending me off um, so it's you know it's and it, having this sort of movie just really drill home kind of the aspect of family and the aspect of um, identity. It's, it's been warming because you, you look onto yourself. You know, it, it almost, we, it sparks something within all of us. Uh, we never, we're always sort of going forwards. We never consider the traditions of, of family or traditions of culture. Um, sometimes it's nice to look back and, and appreciate all of that. And as of like yesterday, his parents weren't coming to the premiere and we're like, dude, you got to get them to the premiere. I don't think they understand what this is or you got to force them. <laughs> Your job is to get them there. And so uh, now they're yeah. going to show up. So I think they're in for a, a whirlwind of a yeah. day. It's going to be pretty really crazy for it. So very proud. Um, okay. So why don't we move to audience questions? Um, first one, Connie? Sounds good. Um, hey, I'm Connie. Uh, ever since Constance Wu started becoming like a thing, I'm thinking about going by Constance because I feel like it's... A cooler name now, uh, <laughs> so you can tell her that. But uh, I was wondering, um, John, you kind of touched on this earlier, but I was wondering for both of you, um, how was it shifting from a uh, environment where um, not everyone was Asian and everyone's from diverse backgrounds to moving um, to a team where most of the cast and crew were Asian? Were there any things you like expected or didn't expect? Um, I mean, I've made movies overseas before in London for Now You See Me and... Um it's always a, a little cultural shock as a person just going over there and living there for nine months or so. Uh, this one was our most global uh, crew. Uh, I think they were also during Ramadan, so we had to, they were fasting at the same time. So I was learning about our crew. At a, it's like a circus. So you, you, you have these very intimate moments with people you don't know yet, and, you, and it's very quick. Uh, but we became a family. We knew that they couldn't eat till whatever time, so everyone, we had to pace them. And then, and then other people were bringing things to the table that you didn't know, styles and things that, since we're shooting in Singapore, in Malaysia, about Singapore, uh, being educated about, hey, you know, wealth here isn't about size. Even though we know that you think Vegas and big columns and big doors, uh, Singapore is a small island, so like a $20 million place looks like a small apartment, but actually it's worth a lot. Things like that, cultural things that I had to learn, um, not just from our crew, from our, our, our cast. Um, it was a, uh, you know, what I love about making movies. Everyone asks me, like, what's that one movie you're going to make that will make, you know, that's when you know you made it. I don't have that movie. Movies are something that feels like an exercise for me, a breathe. I need to do it. It's like breathing. Um, and this was another one of those ones that, like, sort of transitioned me into, uh, into a different part of my life where I got to learn a lot from them. Um, so... Hopefully you feel that in the movie when you watch. You get to go through the same journey uh, that I did in a way. I wanted to start by saying that 
this is like a really important movie for people. Uh, this is one of the first movies to start humanizing Asians in North America. I say North America because I'm Canadian. Um, <laughs> so, um, on that note, like I'd love to hear more about casting decisions of the movie. Like Henry, you mentioned that this film allows you to own your Asian heritage, and you know everyone in this room is really happy about that. I don't like mean to take away from that at all. Like I grew up also in a mixed household, but I do want to hear like your and John's thoughts that there is discussion within our community that the main male lead is not not a complete representation of what Asian men look like, and casting like a lead with mixed Western and Asian features might perpetuate stereotypes of how Asian like really Asian looking men still can't be romantic leads, even in movies that represent Asians. Well, I think one, one thing, and I've had a lot of discussions about this. I think, one, it's great to have a discussion. What a privilege to actually have a discussion about casting Asians as leads, A. Um, and, um, and what I found was it's, one, we found the perfect person to play this role in a very specific movie about Singapore with a person from Singapore and was living this life and has a British accent and was all that all those things. <laughs> that aside, I don't blame people. At first I was angry at people for saying these things. Um, is Barack Obama not black enough? Is Halle Berry not black enough? Like why do other people get why why do other people get the okay and we don't? So um, but I actually I don't I blame the system itself. I blame that when you've been hit in the face 20 times, and then someone comes over and tries to give you five, and you duck and, and, and jab them in the abdomen, it's whose fault is that? It's not the person who's been victimized over and over again. I, I know that feeling, I've been there. Um, it's, it's, it's whatever this environment that we've created, and it's a shame that one movie is supposed to define everybody's experience. That's just an unfair idea. Um, and uh, so, so I don't, I have no ill will about it, and I think it's a very uh, healthy discussion that we should have, and it's nice to have. Um, there's other discussions like can you can you hire a Japanese person to play a Chinese person and vice versa and Meryl Streep can play any ethnicity so why do we have to say that this is whatever <laughs> I don't know um, so I, I think it's just a discussion that we have to uh, make the decision on our own for and my hope is that this movie um, because we have it's a book so it has very defined characters and we we cast accordingly we saw so many thousands of people all around the world and I had to uh, there are people that I could not hire that were great um, uh, for roles, uh, but not in this movie because they don't. We just don't have them. We only have a certain amount. So I hope that this actually gives more movies opportunities to get out there because I think that's the bigger picture. Um, uh, what's the Bruce Lee about uh, line about uh, when you're when you when there's a finger pointing to the moon? Don't focus on the finger. Um, focus on the, the enormity of this moon that we're headed towards. And I think. Um, we want other filmmakers and other writers to be telling great stories so we can broaden this out and there's not just one character we're looking on and be like, well, why doesn't that represent all everybody? Um, so that's what we hope and that's why when I see you guys, when I meet the journalists that we've met in the past, where we, we go to YouTube and see all the YouTubers and all these creators, it gives me a lot of hope because they are writing the stories and coming up with the things and having the expertise uh, to, to expand this dialogue. Um, and, and yes, let's have the dialogue. Let's go. This is this is great, um, uh, but at the same time, let's focus on the bigger on the on the bigger destination that we're headed towards. Terrific. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Hi.
Hi. So I think you started touching on some of this a little bit when you talked about can't you know represent all of Asian America in this one film. Um, I do want to uh, have you explain a little bit more on that. So it's clear that the film holds important significance and mm -hmm. um, it's really momentous for the Asian community. Um, there are of course you know criticisms around the film not actually being representative enough of the vast diversity that exists in Asian America to date. Um, some have said you know it perpetuates the model minority in some ways, which is a damaging stereotype for the Asian community. And some have said you know like you said this is one step closer to where we want to be and where we want to go. Um, so just want to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on that and how, um, how you might respond to, to some of those ideas. Well, my first thing is watch the movie and then maybe make a opinion about it. Most of the people have not watched the movie. Uh, maybe they read the book, which has very specific things, um, but that's not the movie. Um, and then when we watch the movie, then let's have a, a conversation. And listen, this is, this is the point of... Of, of movies is to have a conversation. When I watched Joy Luck Club, my dad got us all into a van. Uh, we didn't know what movie we were watching, forced us to go into this theater at the earliest showing, 10 in the morning. <laughs> Save, that the money. Save the money. <laughs> I'll, I'll discount. That Went to uh, dim sum afterwards, and we loved it so much. We were quoting things from it because we're like, "Oh, that's like our auntie." I'm not your auntie. Like she says certain things, and we like. <laughs> and um, and for and we had like a three hour conversation, and that's with the power of movies. And um, you know, obviously that did that that didn't open up everything for for all Asians at that point. It was a success, and I think for us it gave us this this light um, and. Uh, uh, but hopefully this starts conversation that can uh, create other work, like I sort of said before, that, that, will, um, that will create the platform that, that we do. This is, again, not just a movie. We would keep saying this, this is a, a movement. Um, and maybe that's a little self-serving because we have a movie that we're releasing. But the reality is that's where we are. That's what Hollywood is going to be watching that opening weekend. If people don't show up that opening weekend, it's going to be many years before the others. We're going to still fight for it. Don't get me wrong. But... It's just, this could be a really nice jolt to get us jump-started. There's four projects, at least in Hollywood right now, that are ready on the line and they have not greenlit, and waiting to see how this one does. And, and a lot of more stars other than this guy and other than this guy to actually um, get out there to the world. But uh, I just want to add on to that also is that, um, you know, a lot of people are concentrating on the Asian-American view. There's a lot more Asians out there in the world uh, who don't live in America, who face the same exact challenges. Uh, voices in the Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand. Um, but people seem to be thinking that the only Western Asians are American. Um, so it's voices like Michelle's, uh, like myself, like Ronnie Chang's from Malaysia as well, Johor, um, Jing's from Shanghai. Um, those are tales that should be told in other movies. It's it, it, what, what John said, it is unfair to have the, the weight of the world, the weight of um, Asians in general on, on, this one particular um, on this one particular movie. It's like having the world balanced on a pin. There's so much to tell and so many unique, cultural, culturally significant stories to expand people's horizons, expand beyond that of just being American Asian, being uh, American Filipino, American Thai. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's starting, we're, we're, we're opening, we're cracking that door open, we're hoping that not only filmmakers, but reporters, reviewers, people in all sorts of industries step up um, and be proud of, of writing stories no matter what Asian ethnicity, even if it's not Asian American, 
Um, so we need to look at the broader picture. And, and, and you know, there's no label for, for just being Asian. There's so many subcategories and, um, you know, why can't we just have the love that you see in the movie? You know, that, that is the true translation of everything we're trying to do is, is that story of coming together, fighting adversity, and we fight it together. That's the only way we're going to win. Thank you. Okay, um, we have one more last audience question. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm Kat John. I'm a fellow Bay Area native. And yeah, I have to yeah. tell you, I watched Never Say Never twice in nice. the Believer, believer, I see you. Thank you. <laughs> and growing up, I was told by my family to you know, pursue a medical position. When I got to college, or like pursue a tech position, but I've always had creative interests. And for both of you, what advice do you have for someone, especially with my background, our heritage, to really just break out of that sort of internal pressure to really pursue those endeavors. And specifically for Henry, do you feel like in your next role, do you feel pressure to choose a character that breaks the common Asian stereotypes? Uh, Constance, uh, who was with us yesterday, she had to go back to shoot her show, said something great to when someone asked a very similar question. She said, uh, you don't have to listen to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my mom that. <laughs> uh, and I guess that's as simple as it. I know it's hard, and uh, you have to figure out how to do that. But um, um, the reality is, I think we're in a. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's growing up. That's uh, uh, that's saying yeah, we're good enough, and and you don't have to have the baggage that your parents may have from a from another era and another time. Um, men, women, young people, whatever class, whatever it doesn't matter. Um, we can we can determine our own destiny and. Now, if you're a creator, if you're a writer, if you're a director, my advice is always, if you're a director, you've got to direct. If you're a writer, you've got to write. There's no excuse. You, nobody has to give you permission to that. You can borrow a, a phone camera from somebody. You can edit on your phone. You can get it on online and get it to people. Um, if you're a storyteller, you tell stories, and that's just innately in you, and you do it. It's like being an entrepreneur. You can't train someone. They're either starting a business or they're not. Um, you can't aspire to be an entrepreneur. Uh, for myself, uh, you're talking about my, my next roles and things like that. And for me, it was, it's really, you know, being a, an Asian lead in, in, in a particularly Asian movie, I'm, I'm super proud of that. But my real goal was the normalization of being a different face in, in this big sort of industry of Hollywood um, and normalizing the fact it's an Asian lead. Uh, that it's it's not a particular role that's written for an Asian character. My next film um, is called A Simple Favor. I play Blake Lively's husband, um, Anna Kendrick's love interest, um, and my name is Sean Townsend. So, <laughs> there's no, there's, it's not necessary to explain my ethnicity. That's where we need to get to. Uh, we need to get normalize this fact that we have all these beautiful Asian faces on screen and not have to explain where they've come from or what they're doing there. Um, and so that's the level that we want to do. So for me, I just want to be a leading man in these amazing movies and spread inspiration to people who think um, that they're not good enough, uh, that they that they because they were born somewhere else, that they don't belong in, in the country that they are in now. Um, so I think, um, you know, I'm going to be trekking away at that, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be taking Asian roles. My third movie, I was playing an Asian in that, and I was playing a gay Asian at that, and I'm super proud of that. And it's, 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 
doesn't matter the sexuality, doesn't matter the race. Um, I just want to be a, a spokesperson or a role model for, for people who felt um, like they didn't have that choice or that they, they can't aspire to be something great. Preach. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So that's um, all we have for today. If you guys um, haven't seen the film, I highly encourage it. I saw it last night, loved it. So um, be sure to go out opening weekend and support the film. I'm um, sure you, you guys would appreciate that. Tell your friends, tell your family. It's a great movie. Um, and with that, I know you guys have a packed schedule and need to be on your way. So yes. thank you so much for visiting Google. Thank you Google. guys for coming. You guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback about this or any other episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit g.co slash talks at Google slash podcast feedback to leave your comments. To discover more amazing content, you can always find us online at youtube.com slash talks at Google or via our Twitter handle at Google Talks. Talk soon.